0: it's fine to be passionate about heaven, it's fine to be passionate about the message of God's love, but not at the expense of Jesus' kingdom. If we're choosing the unmentioned themes over the centerpiece of the Jesus stories, we have to ask ourselves, why are we avoiding the central tenet? Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 474, our Title this week is a different iteration of our present world and our feature reading is from Matthew 9:35 Through 10, verse 8. It reads Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were troubled and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful. But the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his field. Jesus called his twelve disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector. James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions: Do not go among the Gentiles or into enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. And as you go, proclaim this message: The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. So the, the the first thing that jumps out at me in this week's reading. Is the connection between the preaching of the kingdom and acts of healing the the kingdom was to be um linked in people's hearts with the acts of healing and and liberating them from whatever other whatever they were suffering in the the here and now to to really get our heads around this let's first look at jesus's compassionate response to those who were troubled and helpless our reading says that jesus saw the crowds he had then compassion on them Because they were troubled and helpless. Like sheep without a shepherd without someone to protect them. Then he spoke to his disciples of a plentiful harvest with too few laborers to go out and get. And there's a lot to unpack here. The Christian church has historically used the image of harvest as a metaphor for Christian evangelism, but that doesn't work in this context. Why would Jesus respond to people being oppressed and being helpless by calling more workers to save souls for heaven? There's a disconnect with this passage, that that I don't often hear folks point out, harvest in this passage it speaks of something much different. And first, Jesus's people were troubled; they were harassed; they were pushed to the edges, the undersides of the empire, helpless to do anything about it. And Jesus then speaks of a harvest that's on the gr- that's out there, but no one there's not enough workers to go out and, and glean what's been harvested, and a harvest. Harvest, again, uh, the harvest in this passage, it it, it helps to think of harvest through a more Jewish lens. And, And that's one that Jesus himself would have used. A harvest metaphor, it makes a lot more sense. Given, given the Jewish lens in the context. In the Hebrew scriptures, the harvest was associated with justice. It was everyone receiving enough to thrive from the hand of the God of the Torah. And in fact, the people weren't even supposed to harvest the entirety of their fields so that those living in poverty could go and glean enough to survive. You find this in Leviticus 19, 9-10, Leviticus 23, 22. Deuteronomy 24, 19 through 22. The harvest was the symbol for everyone having everything they needed being provided uh, in order to thrive. And when Jesus responds to people being troubled and helpless by saying the harvest is plentiful, he's confessing that everything needed for their thriving is present, but that the people are being prevented from accessing what they need. The picture of a, a full field of grain, but hungry people being prevented from being able to go into the field and harvest the grain they desperately need in order to be fed is the imagery he's trying to conjure here. You can find that in Matthew 12, verse 1. What Jesus was calling for was access to rights that were being denied. It was a call to a society-wide justice in the face of an elite few who were prospering economically at the expense of the masses. And and, and Jesus' God was sending rain and sunshine on all equally. You find that in Matthew 5, 45. So, if any didn't experience what they needed to thrive, we have to ask ourselves, who was preve- preventing them from receiving what they needed? What what Jesus is calling for when people calls for workers for the harvest, then it's not evangelists religiously saving souls for post-mortem bliss, but it's those who work for social justice. The people were uh, harassed and helpless. They were oppressed and helpless. Um, there was a harvest. There weren't enough workers to go out and, and get gather the harvest they were sheep without a shepherd to protect them all of this language uh, uh, filters down into a a more this world focus than an afterlife focus and the kingdom that jesus preached also is associated in this week's reading. Remember, with those healings, with those exorcisms, uh, in the book Journeys by Heart, A Christology of Erotic Power, which is this month's reading, uh, from uh, recommended reading from Renewed Art Ministries. But Rita Nakashima Brock, she points out that in these stories, in the Jesus stories, exorcisms were associated with with political liberation. You can find that in Mark chapter 5. But the healing stories, they were often Associated with social liberation. You can find that in Mark 5, 25. And, and again, the kingdom, whatever we make of it today, was about people experiencing a liberation that was marked by them receiving enough to thrive. The, the kingdom was Jesus's vision of a world where no one had too much while others didn't have enough. So let's, let's return to that that kingdom theme in the Jesus story, in the synoptics and the book of Acts, Jesus's gospel was not about getting to heaven. And as important of a corrective to a abuse of religion as the idea has been, Jesus's gospel wasn't even about a God who loves you. And, and don't misunderstand me here. Both heaven and and God's love are important themes. Um, And they've been life-giving to many Christians, but they simply aren't uh, Jesus's message in the synoptics or even in the book of Acts. In fact, in the book of of Acts, where the gospel goes out to all the world, this is the record of the early church sending forth the gospel. The disciples never mention hell. They never mention heaven as a destination for us, and they never talk about divine love. So, So what The gospel does proclaim, though, is the kingdom and consider the following par- passages in mark 1 14 through 15 after John was put in, put in prison Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God the time has come he said the kingdom of God has come near in Matthew 4 23 Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom Matthew 10 7 through 8 as you go proclaim this message the kingdom of of heaven has come near luke 4 43 but he said i must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of god to other towns also in luke 10 verse 9 heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of god has come near to you luke 9 verse 6 so they sent out and went from village to village proclaiming the good news and healing everyone uh, healing people everywhere in Acts 8, verse 12, we transition to the disciples now, when the uh, when they had believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God. In Acts 19, verse 8, Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. In Acts 20, verse 5, now none... Sorry, I na- now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom of God will ever see me again. Acts 28, 23, they arranged to meet Paul on a certain day and came in even larger numbers to the place where he was staying. He witnessed the, to them from morning till evening explaining about the kingdom of God. In Acts 28, 30 through 31, for two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see. See him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God. So today, I know the language of kingdom is problematic, and many no longer believe that a kingdom is the best way to to organize society. Many subscribe to to, to some form of of, and rightly so, to democracy, not a kingdom. But secondly, a kingdom is deeply patriarchal and not the best language for an egalitarian world that that Jesus envisioned in his teachings. Today we can, and I think we should, uh, call it something else, and many do. One of my favorite alternatives is Kelly Brown Douglas's language of God's just future already breaking into the present, and I've written at length on on various life-giving ways that we can envision and name Jesus' kingdom in chapter 5 of my book, Finding Jesus. But whatever we call it, uh, Jesus' kingdom preaching, it was about a world that is compassionate, that is safe, and that's a just home for all especially prioritizing uh, those that in our our status quo is are, are being marginalized and 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 being made vulnerable to harm and too often when, when people speak of the gospel today, they aren't referring to Jesus' vision for a world where no one is harmed in the here and now. If they do, they receive pushback as being too political. And I find this sad. As Jesus followers, we should not see people being harmed as a tool to be exploited by a political party, but as people who are objects of divine value and worth, people who are being harmed and people who were called to care care for. And it's fine to be passionate about heaven. It's fine to be passionate about the message of God's love, but not at the expense of Jesus's kingdom. If we're choosing the unmentioned themes over the centerpiece of the Jesus stories, we have to ask ourselves, why are we avoiding the central tenant of Jesus's teachings in favor of a future or an individual privatized inward focus that leaves us honestly unconcerned uh, about social injustices and leaves our unjust systems unchallenged and, and unchanged. I don't have a problem with heaven. I don't have a problem with the message that God loves and that God loves all, but we can't uh, we can't use those or we can't take those and use those to supplant uh, what the, the central t- uh, the focus of the, the synoptic Gospels really were was. Um, Jesus's kingdom, again, it calls us to participate in choosing and creating a different iteration of our present world, a world that is safe, a world that is compassionate, and a world that is just. For everyone. Heart group application this week. Share something that spoke to you from this week's e-site or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, how does a, a, a more kingdom focus in our passage this week, how does that shape your own Jesus following? And discuss that with your group. And then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone? Thanks for Checking in with us today, I want to say a special thank you to all of our supporters out there. If you would like to join them in supporting Renewed Heart Ministries work, you can do so by going to renewedheartministries.com and clicking donate. You can find Renewed Heart Ministries on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. If you haven't done so already, please follow us on your chosen social media platforms for our daily posts. And also, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please like and subscribe to this podcast through whatever podcast platform you're listening to it on and, and if this is an option on that platform Please uh, uh, give us a, a, a positive rating or a positive review. This helps others find this podcast as well. And also, I want to remind you, we're partnering in a new weekly YouTube show called Just Talking. Each week, Todd, Leonard, and I will be talking about the, the gospel lectionary reading for the upcoming weekend. We'll be talking about each reading in the context of love and inclusion and societal justice, and our hope is that our talking will be just as injustice, but that during that, uh, during During our brief conversation each week, you'll also be inspired to do more than than just talking. So if you teach from the lectionary each week, or if you're just looking for some thoughts on the Jesus story from a more progressive perspective within the context of social justice, check it out. You might like it. You can find uh, Just Talking Each Week on YouTube at youtube.com. Uh, forward slash at Herb and Todd just talking. Please like, subscribe, hit the notification button, leave us a comment there. And if you'd like to reach us here at Renewed Heart Ministries through email, you can reach us at info at RenewedHeartMinistries.com. And lastly, my new book, Finding Jesus, a story of a fundamentalist preacher who unexpectedly discovered the social, political, and economic teachings of the Gospels is now also available at RenewedHeartMinistries.com right where you are this week. Keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working toward justice. I love each of you dearly. I'll see you next week.